Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, LaFonzo Ellis, Roy Marble, Joey Devine, Adonis Jordan, Mark Bacon, Sean Keen, Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf, Kevin O'Brien, musical guest, The Rock on Tours, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hey guys, it's me, your temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Welcome to the show. One week, I don't know why I'm having trouble introducing my own podcast, but I am. Sean Keen is here. Sean, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm I'm great, thank you. Uh, we also have very funny comedian, basketball fan, Nebraska native, punk guy. Whoa, Kevin O'Brien. Fall is life, you? yo. <laughs> Fall is life. I love the uh, Denver Nuggets shout out in the intro. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a team that defeated George Carl Seattle SuperSonics. Yeah. at a time when eight seed. Yeah, yeah. Dikembe Mutombo hugging that ball and crying is yeah. like one of the. That like is the only delible moments. That of is my the lifetime. only moment in Nuggets history that matters still to this day. They made the Western Conference Finals, yet the only like clip that would ever be shown is just Dikembe scream crying, holding the ball <laughs> over his head, and they're wearing the the rainbow jerseys too. Yeah, yeah. which is like, I think that might have been like the last season they were doing the rainbow jerseys. Um, I would say the other great Denver Nuggets moment 
is uh, when J.R. Smith dunked on Manu Ginobili and Kevin Harlan's <laughs> like, we just saw a man fly! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty fun one. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> clip for sure. I don't think the Nuggets have a dunk champion, do they? I think they do. Um, I'm not as familiar. That's the thing. I'm not like a hardcore Nuggets fan. I'm like a super die-easy Nuggets fan. <laughs> yeah, and do they... Do, that's the other thing. They like... If I had been just a little bit older, if they'd been just a little bit better, like like the Sonics were or continued to be, mm-hmm. that I definitely would have been like more into them because they were the closest team to where I grew up. But they sucked so bad through like most of my childhood, and then you know through the anthem protest uh, outrage. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. And like, uh, yeah, who would have thunk that would have been a big issue twenty years later? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after, after, yeah. Anyway, so like, yeah. If you're if you're wondering, by the way, if uh, George Carl makes fun of Mahmoud Abdul Rauf's Tourette syndrome in his book, <laughs> he does. Oh, he does. Doesn't mention the anthem though. Sean is listening to the George Carl book, and it's like a really funny thing. Does he because, read it? Yo. Well, it came out. It came out. A year ago? Yeah. More than a year ago? But what's ago? funny is Sean is texting me all the stuff that I texted him when I listened yeah, like to a, it a yeah, year ago. I, it, it, I'm just like, it's blowing my mind. It's like, but it's literally like weird deja vu, <laughs> except like the other way around, where Sean will be like, George Carl just uh, made fun of... Um, Kendall Gill's depression. Uh-huh. Oh my god! Oh, I remember that. I remember seeing that in the news. I read an excerpt of that. That's so funny. It seems like he is a good coach, but like doesn't really like to prepare the whole time. He's like, these coaches call too many plays. Yeah. What's that? I just let the guys to free wheel and go out and just hit somebody. Yeah. And then he describes his team losing in the first round of the playoffs, which happens <laughs> sure. every year. Okay. Well, here's the thing like with him. Can you think of another coach who has had a greater diminishing returns of a career? Like, like through the longer he coached, the worse his legacy became. Yes. And the worse public opinion about him, like, gathered around I that. Think Lenny he got w- cancer and people hated him more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Lenny Wilkins <laughs> is comparable, actually. But Lenny, nobody but no like, one hated, hated Lenny yeah. Wilkins. That's they were the, the difference. They got over him. They're like, <laughs> what are we doing so high? Like, this guy's getting by on, like, a couple hot years in this career. And then, yeah, before we knew it, he had a losing record. And he won, a th- like, 100,000 games yeah. or something like that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, like, the other difference is, like, Lenny Wilkins, wasn't he, like, an NBA champ as a player? Yeah. And he yeah, won one he pl- title was, as a coach well, or something? He, I think and he, he won it in a down coach era. coach on that. Team, yeah, it was, right? a, uh-huh. it was the Sonics in, like, 79. <laughs> uh-huh. So it was, like, a down era for the NBA. Like, all the good teams, their best players died of heart attacks from cocaine or something. Oh, my God. That's... So then Lenny Wilkins and this scrappy group that he was also the coach of, like, backdoors their way into an NBA championship. Uh-huh. Then 20 years later, he's like loses a thousand games <laughs> as a coach and he still gets hired by the Knicks. Of course, you know, like it's, it's like, it's crazy to think that because when George Carl gets fired from Denver, that's uh, where it really goes sour. Right. On his, if, like, he, perception, if he I had think. not taken the new job with Sacramento, I think it still would have been like, I don't man. know, man, the way it ended in Denver wasn't like that. Like those last couple years, it seemed like it was on the downward slope. Well, his, his, his last year, they won 55 games. And he the wins yeah, coach of the year. And then he gets fired. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you have to really be despised. <laughs> 
to get fired after being coach of the year and take yeah nobody thought that team was going to be what it was but what happened to that team Andre Iguodala yeah backstabbed that team on purpose because he wanted to go to the Warriors then told the Warriors on the court immediately yeah. after they lose the game he's like hey I'm coming to you guys and then before we know it death lineup exists yeah <laughs> That's so, how terrible. That's how but, dysfunctional that team was. And think about how great that team would have been if they didn't have George Carl as a coach. They won fifty-seven games. They had a player who literally sabotaged his own team. Yeah. They all hated the coach. He won Coach of the Year. Then he gets fired. It's it's like I nuts. Was, that I, team could have won sixty-five games. <laughs> that would have been like the Rockets or something. I was at that game where uh, they eliminated them. Oh where yeah, the Warriors eliminated them. Uh, and like. It was their front court was so weird. Yeah, it was like Fareed yeah, and Javale and Mozgov. Javale, Mozgov, Danilo Gallinari. It was yeah. so weird. They're they're bigs. I think Gallinari hurts his knee at the end of the year too. I yeah, think so yeah. But uh, yeah, it's that was the moment I jumped on the Warriors bandwagon. By the way, too. Yeah, well, I remember I watching the end up. of that series, and I was already kind of like softly into Warriors because I love Steph Curry. And I like I was big on the Steph Curry bandwagon from the get go, yeah. like in college, like a lot of people. Well, because you're a college guy, aren't you? You like sort of. Well, yeah. The uh, the assumption is like college basketball, just because the Creighton Blue Jays are my favorite basketball team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's because we didn't have an NBA team where I grew up. So that's what I'm saying. It was like I was a die easy Nuggets fan. But then I got into the Nuggets in college when they drafted Melo. It was like the year before I moved there. I liked Melo when he played for Syracuse. Yeah. Now I despise Melo like everybody else. But <laughs> uh, but then it was easy to like get into him then when I was living there, and so I'd like and they were pretty good for a while. So I'd like was kind of a bandwagon fan. But I didn't have like that that deep Nuggets team childhood is love that Melo Nuggets dude with so Iverson many and people. J.R. Smith and, and Kenyon, Kenyon Martin, Martin and yeah. Nene and, and the Dante fact that nobody <laughs> like nobody all... got arrested nobody got shot like nobody got like nobody fought in the locker room well, JR killed that guy yeah no I meant with each other oh yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no that goes without saying I mean come on <laughs> like they fought it, the it, Knicks sh- that one time like if you had to bet on the what, what went down with the Wizards and like guns in the locker room <laughs> happening like the money, like the lead money would have been oh, on that Nuggets sure. team. But like, isn't it, it? Well, and then they add Ty Lawson, who's also like yeah. a secret bad character. Yeah, dude. But we later. didn't know until way <laughs> later. Yeah. Well, and he was like another guy who was like, uh, he was like, I think with like George Carl, I think Larry Brown might rival the decline in the way. George oh, Carl yeah. Was. That's oh, my the guy. Actually, but yeah. some of these guys, they love like these players like, oh, he plays the right way. He's like this uh-huh. sort of thing. But then you sort of see later on that some of these players are just kind of like scumbags. And then you see these coaches are just sort of like control freak egomaniacs. And you're like, oh, maybe we were just the same thing. It's like the Marvin Harrison syndrome, you know, like we like want to buy into this like, oh, this guy, he's like he just like it's almost like politics. Like if you can project this sort of like aura of like we do things the right way. We don't talk shit. We don't we're not flashy, whatever. It's all about fundamentals. Meanwhile, a guy's like a drunk playing on the court. But it's like, well, he does what the coach says. It's like a coachable player kind of thing can the, mask like all these other like obvious like human problems. The Marvin Harrison thing is so weird. Yeah, In, that's like, the weirdest NBA one. terms. It would be like if Tim Duncan murdered someone yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, yeah, it, like if Latrell, if Latrell Sprewell 
was David Robinson. Like, and also, like, be... nothing happened afterwards. Yeah. Like, he just killed a guy with impunity, too? Cause that, have there been any consequences well, for him? It's at the point where some, like, sportscasters will still, like, point to him as, like, a model of good behavior as a player. Like, what? But they're like, oh, Reggie Wayne, he's from the U. He's flashy. Like, I don't like him. He's uppity or whatever. And then, but Marvin Harrison, like, yeah, it turned like, out. It turned out, like, <laughs> it would be like if it turned out Tim Duncan was, like, uh, Breaking Bat, like, like <laughs> yeah. Walter White. Well, and I mean, like like Marvin Harrison, Tim Duncan has like his own auto body shop, so which is like I guess his front for his murder yeah. business, uh, yeah. where he makes Punisher cars. Did you know? <laughs> yeah, Tim Duncan has a Punisher car. It's oh, so man. funny. He's a, well, he's a giant thirteen year old. Well, he's a dweeb, dude. Yeah. Duncan's a dweeb, man. So I, I think one of the reasons he has his own body shop is that he really likes cars, but he's so freakishly large he can't like oh, yeah. ride oh, in a lot of them. Dude, and I totally remember seeing this. It was it wasn't NBA inside stuff because it was way too late. But I remember seeing some package of a truck that he had that was custom built. So he could like sit in it comfortably, yeah. Because he got sick of like having to like move seats all the way back, or sometimes just taking the back seats out. And so, oh man, that was yeah. That's got like lanky boy problems, you you know. It's like the world is not made for guys over six foot five. I'm like right on the edge, thank God. How tall are you? Six foot three. Wow. I used to be I used to be six foot three and a half, but you know age yeah you move to new york city it'll <laughs> beat bit, you down dude, gravity yeah gravity is heavier there so i think if i can get some space my bones might loosen up i might be able to get back oh. up to six three fiorello laguardia actually was like six two when he moved there and then <laughs> by the time he died three foot three two. foot one jeez <laughs> oh, what happened to him this is round ball rock reader mail communications from listeners why do we call it reader mail? It is confusing for robots. Let's get to it. We had some reader mail we've got to answer real quick. Yeah. Uh, so last week we talked about Gordon Hayward and how on his Twitch channel he told people he wanted uh, Celtics fans to chant Daddy's Always Happy when he <laughs> oh, comes God. into the game. Uh, can we insert a clip <laughs> well, that's of what, what that would that's sound like? Oh, yeah. That's our first. And we discussed about how... <laughs> There's no way. How do you even chant "Daddy's always happy"? Like it doesn't it work. It sounds as a more chant. like you, a chant you would do to the opposition because it would be like "Daddy's always happy." Yeah. <laughs> Dad, you know. But we got so we talked about how difficult that is to chant. But uh, our friend Corbin Smith, uh, the host of the Take It or Break It podcast, uh, sports writer from the Daily Beast, from BuzzFeed's morning show. Mm-hmm. Uh, sent us a video of how you would chant Daddy's Always Happy, so let's play that right now. Daddy, Daddy's Always Happy. Daddy, Daddy's Always Happy. Daddy, Daddy's Always Happy. Daddy, Daddy's Always Happy. And for those of you uh, who can't see this because it's a podcast, Corbin is short is shirtless in bed, and it's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. I, I imagine he's... He he's a he's a heavy blanket guy, <laughs> a weighted blanket. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, he loves what is a with weighted these weighted blanket? blankets? <laughs> it's I'm really... never getting a weight. The last thing I need is another hurdle for me getting out of bed in the morning. Uh, like yeah. let's li- like isn't the weight of the world enough to like? <laughs> 
What? How are you not? I already feel broken down enough by gravity. I don't need to be throwing more on top of me. I'm just jealous that he lives in a climate that's cool enough to wear any blanket of uh, any yeah. weight. Um. So anyway, uh, readers, let us know how you feel about Corbin's weird chant. Um, yeah, so that, do, do we like the Corbin one or Daddy's Always Happy? I like Daddy's Always Happy. That I, I, I like the KOB version, the yeah, Kevin O'Brien version. There, is there some context? Is that like an internet joke that I don't get? It's or is based just on want to... it's, You're going to hate what it's from. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's from a gender reveal video that Gordon Hayward posted that went viral uh, where he said the phrase, Daddy's Always Happy. I do hate that. <laughs> I really do hate that. Um, but yeah, so we talked about last week <laughs> how much we hate daddy, just like ha- the word daddy. How I don't even think children should be saying it anymore because of how much mm, we've ruined yeah. it. I, I'm inclined to agree. I will say this, that my great uncle, who's over 80 years old, a retired Catholic priest in Nebraska, he, my great grandpa, his dad lived to be like ninety nine years old, and st- like until the day he died, he still referred to him as daddy. Mm. But in like in like that old school like sure kind of like post war sort of way, like you know, reconst- like depressing, like incestuous he- reconstruction <laughs> Mississippi way. No, no, no. This, I'm talking. I'm talking more in that sort of like. Uh, a way of, like an antiquated way of speaking that did not age yeah. well. So like it's people like people saying daddy, daddy yeah. is okay. I think if it's that in that voice, so he'd be like, he'd be like, he'd be like, Oh, come on, daddy. Let's go. Okay. Like I got you, daddy. You know, yeah, like, you know, well, that's, what? That that's, one's that's okay. all right. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's yeah. not quite like the, Hey daddy. Oh, sort of, <laughs> but it is like, but it is more of that time era. And so it is like, to me, that does have a little bit of a sweeter connotation. But it, if it anything, does. that highlights what you're talking about, like how far, yeah, how far we've ruined is, it, and yeah. it feels like it's like the last ten years exclusively. Yeah, it's like to me, it feels like the last like three years. Yeah, like oh, it's been real accelerated. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, as a New Yorker, I have become a huge sucker for Poppy, though. No, Poppy's good. Poppy's I great. Like I had no idea. I, if anything, I thought it was like a little bizarre before I lived in New York, like how Poppy could be anybody or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like your kid. It's <laughs> your kid's dad. It's uh, some hot guy at it's the, the club. It's the cat at the bodega. It's the cat. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, some, it's somebody who you're working with. I mean, it's like I'm a huge sucker for it now. Um, are there are there any NBA players you can think of who feel like a pop, like directly a Poppy? You. I mean, it's, Al Horford is. No, I mean, yeah, 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 I mean. yeah. It's got to be somebody from Boston. I yeah. think it, Big Poppy is so ingrained that it's hard to like live up to. Well, I only David think he's like Little Poppy, well, but they, he's bigger than David Ortiz. Al Horford is, is Little Poppy. That's what we're gonna call him. Little Poppy. Poppy. Lil, no, Lil. Little Poppy. Little Poppy. Poppy. <laughs> It's pretty good. Yeah. There is a yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's any NBA player that that can live up to a Poppy. In my I mean, mind. I feel like. Nene would be whatever the Brazilian equivalent is. Sure. Well, they, I mean, yeah, that's the other thing is that there are so few, like, Puerto Rican NBA players. Like, well, who's that's like why I Carlos used Arroyo? Who well, is like, that like? Melo's not a poppy. Gilbert Arenas wasn't a poppy. No. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is not a poppy. Yeah. Not a poppy. No. Not, not, the, not the poppy. Not a poppy. <laughs> Um, but the reason I brought up the daddy thing again also mm-hmm. because I wanted to make fun of Corbin's chant 
But also, at Trey Cool X, our listener, asks, what are your thoughts on the word zaddy? Um, Which is daddy with a Z. I, and I hate it. I no, also it, hate it. it. Am I understanding what zaddy means? It's like a stylish dude is a zaddy? Like a stylish older dude? Is that what it means? I'm unfamiliar. I assume it's like... I just think it's like I'm another out. I'm version out. of daddy. I... I responded to this text, this tweet, uh-huh. uh, with "hate it." It's like sci-fi daddy. Oh yeah, it's mm. like like the Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am the daddy of the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I that. am your zaddy. Yeah. <laughs> Bow uh, to General Zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about Zoppy? That's the uh, stylish Latino man at a bodega. <laughs> I'm very into that. No, I, I don't like Zaddy at all. Yeah. I like, I'm trying to think of any of those. Not not that into Patty. I love Patty. With, I have a friend named Patty. Well, Patty with a T. I don't, I don't no, love we, it with a it's, D. His no, name's, Patty with a D, like the wagon. His name is Patrick, so uh-huh. it would have to be with Ds. Oh, oh, so like he's, he's, he's like Patrick Harrington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your friend the golfer Patrick Harrington? Is that I what mean, we're talking about? I didn't want to bring it <laughs> up, but <laughs> inadvertent name drop. Uh, yeah, Zaddy's out. Yeah, we're out Say on so. Zaddy. Um, he also wants to know if Kawhi bit off Jimmy Fallon's dumb thank you letters sketch uh, with his. And oh, oh, the thank you. Yeah, the thank he you was notes. thanking everyone. Um, I'm going to say no. I don't think Kawhi Leonard's ever watched Jimmy Fallon. I don't think Kawhi Leonard's ever watched anything. Look, He's so vacant that it seems like he, he just sits in a room staring at a wall. Like, I don't know he, what he enjoys. You know what he would do if he was on Jimmy Fallon? Wingstop. He'd That's be like, what... we got to play my favorite game, war. And then they would just silently play, play, play war. war for like five excruciating minutes. I thought you were going to say solitaire. And then he just would make him watch Jimmy Fallon, watch him play solitaire by yeah. himself. Yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't want to play with a team. He seems like a guy who would like be out in the woods by himself playing solitaire and just chopping wood. I don't like, think he's a woods guy. No, either, I don't think though. so. I think he's like an indoors guy. I think yeah. I think he's our he's our most autistic NBA player that nobody talks about. Kawhi Leonard is definitely most likely the most likely NBA uh, player in my lifetime to be a serial killer. I think it's a, he's got that vacant stare, man. Yeah, which is really funny because Javaris Gritton actually killed somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's and true. he brought guns into a locker yeah. room, and you're still like, I don't know, Kawhi. <laughs> he's, his hair seems a little ratty, and he looks crazy. So. I think Chris Kamen probably owned the most the, the most heavy artillery. Chris I think. Kamen. Yeah. You say that even though Jason Williams also <laughs> killed a guy. But I mean, like with an armory full of guns. It's but I have seen a video of Chris Kamen like machine gunning a Honda Accord. Yeah. Oh shit! I haven't seen that. Yeah. I think I've also seen a video of Chris Kamen shooting a fifty caliber sniper rifle. Yeah, I think that's right. Anyways, Chris Kamen <laughs> is the one who looks the most like a serial killer. He does yeah. look the most like yeah. a serial killer. But he's killer. too he's too public. But he's most likely to be like <laughs> Cliven Bundy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it if if we found out that like Chris Kamen was in the Grand Tetons, like with a militia, it would be like nah, it wouldn't no be that surprise. Big a shot. Yeah, yeah, Chris Kamen's got a real busey thing going yeah. on. <laughs> But I, I think it's something he, about being huge and blonde. You just can't be huge and blonde. I want to say he used to play paintball in his house in L.A. Whoa. And he's known for That's just... a real camp nowhere. Man. Yeah. 
and I think every year he spends like five grand on his own like personal fireworks display for everybody in his well, neighborhood. You know, he's just a he's just a this big, a big fun kid. kid. Don't and get he's JPP'd. A, I want to say he's also straight edge. Really? I don't think that's true. No, like it's, no he's way. not he's not into Earth Crisis. Well, he's not like. <laughs> He just doesn't drink. I think he. I think he doesn't drink. Yeah. <laughs> He's. De- what if he was a? What if he became a vegan? Dude, if he was FXE, he'd be my favorite player immediately. <laughs> he was playing. He was playing games with the X's drawn on his hands. Yeah. I just would love that because of like how bold of an individual you'd have to be to fit in in the NBA and still do that. That's why I always had a little bit of love. Not to keep bringing it back to the Nuggets, but Birdman, dude. Like oh, Birdman rules, dude. Just the way that he was able to like. He was not what any of he did not come from the background of any of his teammates and mm. culturally was not even like one of us as a white guy either. No. He was like <laughs> he was out there on some different plane that he was just a wild man. He was like he Rodman was the only person that maybe had like a similar approach to him, which was just like I think they were just were both like hardcore addicts and so they were just like could yeah. bl- like they didn't have to blend in because they were so well, distinctly what's, themselves. What's you know what crazy I mean? about Birdman is the tattoos come after the drug problem. Don't don't they often? I know <laughs> they do often, but like those those tattoos are wild, man. Yeah, that Birdman's neck is crazy. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that he actually considered Birdman to be like an alter ego to pump himself up for games. That's when the hair came in. Cause when he started with the nuggets, he was like some scrawny yeah, he hick had... from like some small college and he had a shaved head and he was like underweight. Well, and then he had, if you remember in the uh, horrific dunk contest moment, which, yeah. you know, uh, I like, uh, he has like the Kyle Corver haircut. Yeah. Um, but then he, what, he transitioned from that, and then he went st- gelled and went straight yeah. up wearing the sweatband around, and then that's when the Nuggets transitioned to like the powdered blue jerseys, yeah. which huge mistake, but whatever. And uh, <laughs> the pa- I like the powdered blue jerseys more than the jerseys they have now. Well, because they're that too scared to navy. just go back to the, like, I don't know yeah. why they don't go back. They they, they softly loves- do. They're too, like, because you see what they're doing now. It's so close to what it was in the late 90s. That like once they go back to late '90s thing, then they'll hopefully go back to the like late '80s thing, which is like the Colorado State flag, the rainbow jersey. jersey. Yeah, like it just play, it's too conservative. Rainbow Nuggets, it's like everyone's favorite jersey. But All right. we'll, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean more, to sidetrack. Have, no, don't worry. No, he's what it, a podcast. Is. I didn't realize how weird his upbringing was. That his dad he, was a Danish oh immigrant who was also a prison guard. His mom, like, was imagine hardcore, going to America. <laughs> His mom was so hardcore that when he like when I think it was uh, get him either back into the NBA or when he's going to college, something like that. They've like packed up all their belongings, like drove up like from the middle of nowhere, like 12 hours from where he is in wintertime. And she's in her Harley and she's just stuffing like newspapers into her like her leather jacket, like following behind him for 12 hours in like 20 degree weather. Because he like they couldn't trust him to be on his own or whatever because he had been like doing drugs and blowing well, it. Well, and he got catfished too. That, yeah. that was crazy. And, oh yeah, it's nuts. He's uh, that guy's lived <laughs> that, that crazy. Du- the and then came back catfish. two different times. Yeah, LeBron fucking loved him too. He was like one of LeBron's favorite teammates. He got him a ring. Yeah, because LeBron loved him so much. He's in the he's in the big three now. I bet he's crushing in the big three. <laughs> Um, all right. Our next question comes from at Diamond Mike, uh, a guy I went to high school with. 
Uh, he asks, uh, on the next pod, uh, oh, how does Doug McDermott's agent not have every other player as a climate client? He must be the absolute best of all time. I love that this question came in when we Thank had so a Creighton much. super fan here. <laughs> Doug, Doug McDermott is my second favorite Blue Jay of all time. Who's your first? Kyle Korver. Yeah, of course. Um, have you? How have you appreciated Doug McDermott's NBA career? I, I, uh, man, it's re- like, uh, I think he's being treated a little unfairly because of Jimmer Fredette. That is like, Ooh. that is like my, uh, it's almost conspiracy theory, but. I think that his game is not appropriately valued because of expectations of what's happened to other players, maybe similar to him mm-hmm. before him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and he's not quite like if he were if like people are acting like he's just a dude who chucks up threes, but a lot of his game happens like mid range in the post and stuff. And he just yeah, has he's a, a pretty good post player, actually. Yeah, weirdly. and so he and he can do a couple different things. Just defensively, he's not super great. So then that's where he gets like Jimmer comparisons and he hasn't really had a chance to thrive in any system. Like he gets bounced so quickly around in trades for a long time. What? Two and a half seasons. That's not even like it wasn't even through. He didn't make it through his rookie contract. Yeah. So like if you don't make it through your rookie contract, one team, then you're with another and then you switch teams within six months of that. And then you get a situation with the Knicks where it seems like it might work out for him because there's nothing the Knicks love more than a guy with a hot hand that can give a nickname and throw on the front page of yeah. New York Post. Uh, but that it's also why those guys kind of burn out. So he just like if he he's a guy like I'm sure you you probably will have a decent career, like pretty long. Like, I don't know if that's going to be Kyle Korver long, but he's definitely going to play upwards of 10 seasons. I but mean, he might not guy- get a fair shake until he's in his thirties and he's a guy on a championship team making a run. And then he finds like a Swiss army knife role. I've got to think though, he's going to get a fair shake here at a, cause he's in Indiana and they love, they love, they love a white guy. Guys. They yeah. love a white guy in Indiana, especially a corn fed one from Iowa yeah. who like his dad's a coach. Funny. Yeah, you're right. That like culturally checks. A and lot they of paid him a lot. Yeah, they Three paid for him a lot. They believe he's been on like five teams in four years. And think about who runs that team, but the total archetype of the white guy player who who can do a little bit of everything is Larry Bird. Larry Bird doesn't run the team anymore. Oh, what? It's Kevin Pritchard who also loves white guys. Yeah. Well, that was his protege. Yeah. <laughs> Pritchard was his protege. That's right. Oh yeah, when Larry oh Larry, Larry left Bird last year. Bailed when it seemed like he was going to have to trade Paul George. And That's he right. Was like, mm, I forgot about that. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun that he's going to get to reunite with Victor Oladipo to just be like, man, they, they really, really they really misused there. us yeah. in Oklahoma City. Yeah. If anything, I <laughs> think that'll some be points. after the season Oladipo had last year. And now and it seems like that's a team that's on the rise, too. And then McDermott coming in. It's re- like it's I think that's going to have a huge influence on like. Just the uh, the mentality of the team and really just continuing to, like, stick it to being traded and, like, discarded players, essentially, you know? I mean, that's I, like, it's it's Hoosiers, baby. They're like, they want this, like, they'll be this, like, kind of scrappy underdog team that they might come in, like, second place in the Eastern Conference next year. Well, I think I think it's also they're they're making strides towards that Hickory model because they got McDermott, yeah. T.J. Leaf. 
Sabonis, Bogdanovich, and even like some of the black players they have have names like Victor, Victor, and (laughs) Miles, Miles, yeah, Miles Miles and Victor, like Thad, Thaddeus, yeah, that's a. Yeah, all of the, you just squint your eyes a little bit, yeah. and if you're an economically anxious Indiana fan, you're you're in heaven. <laughs> um, so, I think Mike was asking because he feels like Doug McDermott got grossly overpaid, which I could I'm I'm not going to disagree with that. Yes, but Sean did some digging. So okay. this is this and is Doug McBucket's uh, agent is Mark Bartlestein. And let me read you some of his... Hold on. That is one of the best names I've heard in a while. Bartlestein? That's that's the best name to yell at somebody. Bartlestein! Bartlestein! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But let me read you some of his other clients. Uh, Will Barton. He really got paid this offseason. Joe Harris. Also really got paid. Yeah. Joe Ingles. Uh, Got incredibly paid last summer. Uh Uh-huh. James Johnson. Also got a giant contract last summer. Uh-huh. Jabari Parker. Uh, got wow. 20 million Overpaid. this year. Yeah. Uh, all the Plumleys. Two of the Plumleys have like two the of the worst, worst contracts. contracts in the and one, of them, Plumley. one of them shouldn't even be in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, like Marshall. I mean, he has overachieved incredibly in his time. Uh, Jason Smith. Also got a pretty big contract that he, he opted into this year, weirdly. Um and finally Garrett Temple. Yeah, Garrett Temple also making like eight million dollars a year. He's, this agent's model is like a guy who gets uh, rich off running a flea market business. Like it's re- just grabbing like real, like mid level goods, people that, <laughs> that other agents probably don't want, and then he's just like maximizing their value at the perfect time because these are all like the same caliber of nba player more or less like too. like lance stevenson he is michael porter jr's agent does he have that's, any like but stars really i mean but think Etuan about one more michael porter jr might not be a star you know and that's if that's a star agent that guy was the last pick in the lottery to the denver yeah. nuggets yeah i'm trying to think of i can't find like a big star here but it's a lot of guys who have uh made some money was yeah. Kwame Brown's agent, or is Kwame Brown's agent? I don't know if he needs representation <laughs> for his big three deal. Yeah, I was going to say. But yeah, a lot of people where you're like, huh, didn't Wade Baldwin the fourth get released? And it's like, now he's got a three-year deal, baby. Sure. Well, I mean, it's so funny, too, if you like think of like all the things that exist in the NBA's like structure now with the salary cap and... All that stuff, it was a result of owners just blowing it and giving money. It's like that Gilbert Arenas contract essentially is like the yeah. reason that the modern NBA exists the way that it does. And even still, you you see all these contracts and and like teams like the Trailblazers or whatever that are like overpaying Evan, Evan Turner. Turner and the like because they just had the space and, the, and they're like, all right, well, I guess we'll get it. The fact that like being a max contract player – is not necessarily special anymore. Uh-huh. It's yeah. just like a default to fill the books. Then it's like, well, this is the same sort of behavior 
that existed before. It's just now within the confines that you created to like prevent this behavior. Yeah, it's a weird thing where it's like, you know, you don't have to spend the cap space, right? Like it doesn't go away. But I think some of these people do like they look at it like uh, some of these owners, they see it as like revenue, right? So if it's like revenue coming in, then like we got to invest it going back out. Like they don't ever really want to have a lot of cash on hand. But also sign a one year deal then. Yeah. Well, that's but that see, but that's 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 what exactly what I'm saying. That now the true supermax players are signing one or two year deals because yeah. that's like the one. Now that's become the one area where you can have leverage. Yeah. So then everybody else is getting like these fraudulent, not fraudulent, Which, but like bloated three year max contracts in the same way Gilbert Arenas got like what is it five or six year. 200 something mm-hmm. million dollars so now that's become well what the those, max is the amazing thing maxes, about that yeah the the couple of super maxes that people have signed like the russell westbrook one mm-hmm. and the james harden one are gonna cripple those teams eventually yeah. that's many, what i'm saying it's like yeah. the same thing but within a different structure now so how many people have signed super maxes at this steph point? steph harden, harden westbrook is that it i think that didn't did wall get one Oh, Wall got one yeah. too. Oh yeah. man, that, Wall also that has one a super max. Yeah, it hasn't even kicked in yet. <laughs> Did you see that photo of him Have at USA s- Basketball? He looks, He's I mean, bloated, dude. He looks cool as hell, though. I yeah, will say, yeah. in that USA Basketball photo, I was like, I want to be friends with you now. Like, but I never really cared for John Wall's whole sort of like aura or whatever. Like, mo- even through college, I was like, this guy looks lame as hell. And he thinks he's fun and cool, but he's really not. You know, like what I like about John Wall is he is weirdly a throwback to the late '90s. You know what I mean? Where he's like, everyone else is like, "I'm working so hard this off season," and John Wall is like, "I'm hosting this party with rappers." Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's why I was so charmed by his (laughs) USA Basketball photo because his hair looked cool, his beard looked cool. Yeah, he looked like he had like been out till three, and then they woke him up at like six. He's like. Oh, shit. All right, dude. All right. What are we doing? It reminded me when I was an RA in college and I'd show up drunk to like meetings at 7 a.m. or something like that. I mean, we do kind of miss that. People talk about like, oh, the NBA is great. Oh, these guys really care about their bodies and work out all the time. And it's like, what if we just convinced everybody to dial it back like 10 percent? Like and loosen I, up or I what? Feel like, I feel like the product would not be discernibly different, and these guys could have a lot more fun. I, think, I disagree. Those games were uh, – some re- regular season games back then were really bad a lot of the time. Just, it feels like everybody's like, like – Do you really happening? want – do you really want – Steven Jackson smoking weed before the game and you smell it on I mean, him yeah, and he looks high tight. as hell. I do want that. I do want that. Like, yeah. you do? <laughs> like, we have it. The world you're is already. 70 bucks if you're getting a bunch of beers sitting there watching these guys, like, barely try. I'm just saying, know. I'm just saying, I don't like that in society the default is to work, like, a 60-hour week now. And I feel like Sure, NBA, I agree. You know what? I think there's a middle, I think there's a total middle, middle ground, and it was the 90s, like, the early to mid-90s, where it was, like, Guys w- weren't like these, like these freak athletes, but they also weren't, it weren't like these, uh, like not, I mean, Allen Iverson could pull it off, but a lot of other guys couldn't of like living this like crazy rock and roll. Yeah. Well, being like, but a- those guys are the worst. Like none of those guys lived up to their potential. Exactly. If you look at it. Like, That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. better now the way that it is. Yes. But I think in the nineties, it was a lot, it was a perfect like balance between, it wasn't like this. Everybody's on cocaine. Seventies 
insanity or whatever, but it wasn't like what it is today where everything's very like kind of rigid. These guys are almost like tech bros as like athletes. Yeah, you yeah know? that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I, I also don't like that. So many basketball fans on Twitter are like cops about people's offseason routine. Like, oh, that sure. guy came in 10 pounds overweight or look at this. Like, I I hate the self-glorifying like hoodie mellow in the gym video. Yeah. Like, do we do gotta, I have to care about what this guy's doing in the offseason? Can he well, can he not be at work? for two months a year maybe yeah i you know? agree with you but you have to also keep in mind like the rise of instagram with this shift in nba culture like they sort of at like twitter and that stuff happened r- kind of simultaneously with david stern putting in the dress code and then the the one year out of high school rule and all that stuff kind of like happened coincided with the advent of social media so this stuff like is so ingrained with each other now at this point that it's like I don't see it ever like chilling out or going back to the way it was. No, like if nobody, anything, it's going to get more intense. We just yeah. need universal basic income to change the way <laughs> that our whole society thinks about that kind of thing. Agree. So Sean is an advocate of flat salaries for every NBA player across the board. <laughs> Very libertarian of you, Sean. Well, I'm not flat salaries. Universal basic income. In the NBA would mean everybody gets paid the same, right? No. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it would mean that... Every basketball player in America gets a paycheck. No, but I mean, the NBA <laughs> actually does kind of have universal basic That's what I'm income. Saying. Because it's like they have a minimum yeah. that you have to get paid. Oh, so that's I'm just saying, the minimum's like, the UBI. Yeah, okay, I'm just yeah. saying, I think you should be able to actually take time off. For I, your job, I agree, I agree like, 100%. Like, especially whether if you're, you're a basketball writer player. or a basketball player. Sure. You know what I mean? But if, yeah, unfortunately, it's just not the way the world works anymore. Um, or maybe ever did. Well, you know, but you know who takes a lot of time off? Clay Thompson. That's true. That's true. Uh, like he what, has a good life work so young, balance. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Clay Thompson has the best life work balance of anyone in the NBA. I think. Yeah, it, it just feels like he. He's he's stays in really good shape, but by like walking his dog and going for and like, runs with a dog yeah. and yes. like swimming in the Bahamas with uh-huh. Instagram sure. models. It's really and funny he that shoots a lot. And yeah, it's funny that him and Steph Curry are the Splash Brothers, because I think the same thing about Steph Curry, where it's like his offseason, he was playing in a pro-am golf tournament. And then, like, shot, like, near the top as an NBA yeah, player. He's yeah. like, you just staying in shape by, like, playing golf Except and Steph hanging Curry's, out with his family. Steph Curry's you know? workout routine is also insane, Yeah, it's, though. like, really weird and like, intense and strange. Like, it, it all involves, like, weird like lights VR and, like, dribbling three basketballs flash, at the that, same like, time. strobe and... lights in his eyes while he's dribbling three basketballs and yeah. throwing a tennis ball at a guy. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. Um, <laughs> he basically works out in Tron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if he didn't seem like the spoiled kid in the NBA enough, then it's like, oh, his workout routine is just in a VR simulator. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Let's get to our first story. Yeah. We have gone, what, an hour without talking about any story? This is great. Yeah. Um, We're only 40 minutes into the podcast. (laughs) Whatever. We got through reader mail. Um, All right. So, James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah. It came out last week. The NBA's greatest blues man. (laughs) (laughs) It came out last week 
that is banned. JD and the Straight Shot mm-hmm. wrote a song <laughs> uh, about Harvey Weinstein, uh-huh. who is wait pro or con? Con, but con, it's because but he's <laughs> his friend. It's let me read. Let's you let, yeah, yeah, just read us some lyrics. Read us some lyrics here. Uh, it's called "I Should Have Known." Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Don't and, do this. And are Jamie. you? Yeah, it's it's definitely he definitely blurs. It's definitely <sighs> apostrophe ve too. Uh, why don't, why don't we put in a sample here? Yeah, uh, we'll I think I can find it. Right it yeah. friends we were friends talked for hours without end about his latest story how to deal with fame and glory all the girls who adored him catered to his every whim nothing he could lose all he need i should have known i should have known i should have thrown myself across his tracks stopped him from these vile attacks i should have known we believed and didn't see through the lies he told us all. They led him to his endless fall. I should have known. I should have known. I gotta say, he is somewhat describing Harvey Weinstein as like a Balrog from <laughs> Lord of the Rings. That's I what thought, I think of for an endless fall. Oh, I thought he was he was reminding me of Lisa Simpson when Snowball died. I had a cat named Snowball. <laughs> She died. She died. Like. So, yeah, apparently James Dolan was really good friends with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, did, not only that, he's on the board of directors for the Weinstein Company, I believe, along with Mark Lazary, owner of the I Bucks. think this speaks so perfectly to who James Dolan is because anybody else that would have that sort of association and a, power, a position of power in the way that James Dolan does would do what they can to disassociate themselves from it. <laughs> Give a quick statement, whatever. Remove themselves from whatever board they're attached to. No, what James Dolan does is he writes a bad poem about it Uh that he uses to somehow name drop his connection to this Uh person, but then also make it about himself as in he somehow... Uh, like he's the victim. he He was like a martyr for his connection or something like that. Um. Also... Uh, you know what you didn't know about James Dolan? Isaiah Thomas, and you keep hiring yeah. him. Yeah, he knew. Like, yeah, he he had to pay to like he had paid that settlement yeah. for the sexual harassment and everything. And after doing so, out of his own pocket, continues paid for it. to hire him. Yeah, he runs a WNBA franchise. For you, James Dolan. Maybe you should throw yourself across those tracks. But also, like, like <laughs> I should have known is, like, he's saying it, like, in a wistful way. And it's like, no, legally uh. you should have known because of your corporate responsibility as a board member for his company. Like, that song should have been called You Knew. You knew. I knew. I knew. I knew. You, like we, come on, man. You I didn't knew. think anyone would find out. Or your face ended up in this pout. Yeah. I, I want to hear his follow up. I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care. Uh, do you want to see a picture of what he looks like when he sings? Of course. I don't. 
Don't assume that I haven't watched a number of live performances <laughs> of JD of the Straight Shot. Um, so he played this song last week on Fox Five TV, and then weird woo! that a Fox affiliate would want to air then an JD apology and the like Straight that. Shot were supposed to play a benefit show for the <laughs> Apollo Theater at a rich guy's house in the Hamptons mm-hmm. this week. Here's who else was playing that benefit. Uh, Sting and Shaggy together. Right, they're they're touring, of course. By the way, you imagine like if are they Sting on and... stage together at the same time? Yeah, they, yeah. they they're like they're they have each an album songs? out together. Oh no. my! I, oh, I missed uh-huh. this entirely. <laughs> don't understand. Don't understand. Don't understand. So close to me. That's my Shaggy. It's friend. two people <laughs> pretending to be Jamaican. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine like if? Sting and Shaggy had collaborated on It Wasn't Me. Oh, yeah. Because the song would be like, you know, <laughs> buck naked, banging on the bathroom floor. And then it, they'd have to have all these verses because he was having sex for like eight hours. Tantri- oh, tantric you, you want the tantric mix of? <laughs> yeah, like, like, it wasn't me. Like, <laughs> you were there for nine hours, buddy. Um, <laughs> it's very obviously you. So... <laughs> Sting and Shaggy. You had that weird Algerian guy singing accompaniment <laughs> for it, too. Uh, so Sting and Shaggy, The Roots. Whoa. Uh-huh. John Bon Jovi. It's unclear if it was Bon Jovi or just John Bon Jovi. Well, either uh-huh. way, when I think of the Apollo Theater, I think of John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Shaka Khan. Whoa. The Apollo Theater would be like, we want Sambora. <laughs> and, and Chris Martin from Coldplay. Uh, oh, another r- titan oh, of the blues. Yeah. <laughs> um, other people who were there, uh, Bon Jovi uh, and Robert Kraft from the Patriots were. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Uh, the owner of the Patriots, Robert Kraft. Who gave the, a and super, this is Did he give Apo- Trump a Super Bowl ring? Yeah, he did give Trump a Super and Bowl ring. And he accidentally gave one to Putin, too. Yeah, but. I think he also gave one to Meek Mill, because he's friends with Meek Mill. Oh, that's some. true. I don't know how you're friends with Meek Mill and Donald Trump. Uh, you, you're a billionaire. You give money. That's <laughs> yeah. what, like, like you, that's, I guess, I was about to say it's insane that this is the guest list and the lineup <laughs> for an Apollo fundraiser in the Hamptons, no yeah, less. Yeah, Chaka yeah. Khan is the only one that makes sense. Uh-huh. The Roots. Yo, the, okay, the Roots, yeah. But... Even it's like, but then again, it's like, well, that's if when you're a billionaire, you just give money to everybody. It's not like the Apollo is going to turn down the money. So that like, then you can have these connections to these people, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it is. It's very weird. But, but then cool, it makes yeah. a lot of sense if you think about it. Questlove did do slow jam the sexual harassment campaign complaint, though. And that was pretty <laughs> uh, good. Uh, it's funny that Sting and Shaggy played because it wasn't me is what Harvey Weinstein was telling James Dolan for years. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway. Woo. Woo. Good joke, Joey. That is, uh, <laughs> um, that's a hot fire coming from Joey also Devon. James Dolan was shocked when he's like, the song's not boobastic. Okay. I thought it was about boobs. <laughs> uh, so they were supposed to play this benefit, JD and the Straight Shot, and the organizers of the benefit were like, "Hey, uh, JD, could you um maybe not play your Harvey Weinstein song?" Uh, and James Dolan was so offended that he wasn't allowed what? to He's play. He's usually it. such a chill guy. Yeah, that he pulled JD and the Straight Shot out of the lineup entirely. Uh, what? <laughs> which no? <laughs> which made that show JD so? JD don't go. <laughs> 
which <laughs> once again perfectly speaks to his character. The delusion of thinking that like, well, I'm taking a stand and people are going to be bummed out. It's your loss. Your funeral, man. You don't let me. People, people love stuff. love my music. They love We've opened Harvey for the Weinstein. Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we opened for a lot of bands uh, that Madison coincidentally <laughs> play at the arena that I own yeah. personally. Well, so I guess that I guess it means that James Dolan, because he was not allowed a Harvey Weinstein song, denied the Apollo Theater a bunch of fundraising. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if Dolan, if I don't know if JD and the Straight Shot playing were going to change who was showing up to that. Yeah, concert yeah. At I just all. I believe I'm guessing he also had like a financial right. contribution. Oh, for sure. So let me um, read you guys a quote. <laughs> uh, this is from. An unnamed source it was given to page six, so I'm sure it's from James Dolan himself or James Dolan's uh, lackey. Uh-huh. Uh, quote, they asked him to perform a different song instead. He was shocked that the Apollo would tell an artist how and what to perform. Not many other men are singing about this. Yeah, That's a very good point. Not many other men are yeah, singing I about this. I think that's this. kind of the point, James yeah. Dolan. Because you could also say that uh, with JD and Straight Shots, a uh, Holocaust denial song. There's not a lot of people <laughs> singing about that, but like, very good yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, this is a. Quick I should have known it was a Zionist hoax. <laughs> it was weird, but yeah, he wasn't allowed to play that one either. Yeah. Did you guys know that JD and the Straight Shot appear on the motion picture soundtrack to the Bill Murray film Saint Vincent? No. Whoa! Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> I think I've even seen St. Vincent. So the question is, does James Dolan own an independent film distributor? And that's how uh, he yeah, got Yeah, he was on the board of the Weinstein Company. Oh, well, wow. I wonder who produced <laughs> the Bill Murray vehicle, St. Vincent. Uh, it's, uh, wow, Sean. I w- uh, who <laughs> on earth... Would have been. Let's check the production. The, uh, the financier to that film. Hmm. Because hmm. you know James Dolan. The Weinstein Company wh- released the film on October well, 10th, 2014. <laughs> well, what it's do amazing. You know? It's striking because James Dolan usually books so many gigs just on his artistic merit, <laughs> and that's probably why he's used to people not telling him what to do, huh? That's it. Well, you know, noted. Noted uh, respecter of women, Bill Murray. Uh, that's a good... <laughs> You're just banging the drum on that. John uh, is not going to let us have Bill Murray. Uh, uh, all right. Should we move on to anything? I guess what, so. I'm trying to find I'm trying shot? to find his IMDb page. James Dolan's? Yeah. You imagine, <laughs> the par- you imagine the parade that is going to happen once the Knicks are officially sold? Uh, August Osage County also has a James Dolan song in it. Uh, also I'm, released by the Weinstein Company. It's got to be right. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, d- d- yeah. If Here's not, the funny I want to talk to about them. this. By the way, yeah. You uh-huh. know who sits on the board of the Apollo Theater? Who's that? Yeah, James it's a Weinstein. No, James Dolan. <laughs> James Dolan. So he's essentially fighting his own. He he just denied. <laughs> he, he denied himself. Uh, <laughs> that's how you. That's that is hilarious. That's how you know you're extremely rich when you can. You're you're firing yourself or you're quitting yourself and you don't even realize it. 
and people just suffer you because they do. And they're like, all right, if this is your game, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> sure. Go ahead. All right. You're out of here. Like, oh, my God. That's that's too good. I need to. I'm sorry. I need to correct myself about August. Yeah. Osage County or Osage County. I don't know. Osage. I, Osage yeah. County. Uh, James Dolan wrote three songs for the soundtrack. Oh Jesus Christ. All right. We're moving on. Uh <laughs> So I think we need to talk about CJ McCollum. Uh, what a Sean, summer! Do you want to run? A, us what happened through? to CJ? So I don't follow him on Instagram. He uh, so his most notable thing. Oh, the podcast was the well, podcast he brought with, it up again yesterday because he he still the Kevin Durant thing just didn't go. He he was really sunned by Kevin Durant. I think that's the best description of what happened. Yeah, um, Durant just flexed on him. Yeah, and so. CJ McCollum, I guess, was talking about... He said something... He had another interview where he talked about how he would never, ever join a super team. Yeah, Ooh. he said that on Chinese TV. He was like, I'm born different. I would never ring chase. That is so... I'm Like, that is the lamest way to seem like you're cool. You know, yeah, that's, it seems weird to be like... That's like a kid that becomes a libertarian just because nobody else is doing it. But like, also, the subtext of it is, I don't care about women... <laughs> Yeah, ultimately. Yeah, that like, is I would it... never join a good team because like But it's it's also just so old hat too, you know? Like it's the kind of, it's like be such a cliche now. It's the kind of thing that like basic people say to like sound interesting. Yeah. It's like, oh, 11 years after Ray Allen and Kevin Durant went to the Celtics, you don't like super teams? Yeah. Like also you're 26. Who ring chases? Yeah. Tw- uh anyway, he so his response, uh, on, he tweeted, uh, "Just we're being like Sports Center here. We're reading athletes' tweets yeah. out loud. Uh, y'all stay bringing up old stuff. Y'all got me out here looking like a bitter ex. One of the best teams ever assembled with two players you could argue are top 15 greatest to lace them up. Four Hall of Famers with another one on the way. I'm happy. Stop making me look like a scorn man. Sheesh. Uh-huh. And well, then, now I like him because I say sheesh. Well, sheesh. Sheesh has become. Clay Thompson said sheesh like three years ago, and now LeBron and now says LeBron, it all the time. Yeah, LeBron says awesome. sheesh all the time. Sheesh is like a. It's like the new NBA uh, catchphrase. I think. Cool. We're we're living in the sheesh era. It is. Yeah. Uh, but so then, because he said they have four Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala, who is hilarious uh quote and also a benedict arnold sure traitor to the denver nuggets tweeted at him i don't know why he tweeted at brandon brandon jennings here but he says see brandon jennings he said four he think i'm trash (laughs) (laughs) see is it this is i mean sean brought up a good point about the NBA players should be allowed to just lay off, get time off. But this is what has made it a 12-month leave. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are just the most perfect arrested teenage petty shade queens. Like, even even LeBron, the greatest of his generation, maybe of all time, Still is acting like he's got haters. Well, and yeah, then he's yeah. up on Instagram and he's being like cryptic. He's subtweet. I mean, like he was like he was being like va- he was vague booking Kevin Love like two seasons. Fit ago. in or you know fit I mean? out? Yeah, like what? Which is actually you're the best player <laughs> in the world. Yeah, 
Daryl Morey says that analytics say he's the best player ever, and it's not even close. That's what Daryl Morey said yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Still, this like all oh, my haters. It's also a weird thing. It's what separate. It's what make what I think separates Steph Curry from everyone else. It's like Steph Curry's Instagram is just like here's a picture of me and my beautiful family over and over. <laughs> That's and what over I'm saying. Again. Like what I'm tough thinking, day like, golfing. Yeah. Good day golfing. Like when I think of his off season, it's just like the most like square suburban dad kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So the so, res- but then the best thing that happened here, uh-huh. the NBA got the greatest catchphrase. And I'm, it's I, had it since the Paul George. I'm going to say since the sheesh. Paul Pierce rocket emoji. This is <laughs> this the is best a, NBA. So tweet since so then. Twitter Twitter user at chalk delight 1980. Ooh, uh, C.H.O.C. Like Which, chocolate. Name, her not, name is Jennifer. Jennifer like Williams. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, tweeted what, Sean? Win a playoff game, then talk. Ooh. And then CJ McCollum tweeted, I'm trying, Jennifer. Uh, <laughs> it's so Man, funny. CJ, come on. What it what it reminds me of is that dog rating tweet where the guy's like, they're good dogs. <laughs> Poor CJ. I, he just reminds me of like a kid who just is uh, trying to, like, bulldog his way into a friend group but just has no ability to do it. You know, he's just too much of a dweeb. He's, like, punching outside his weight class yes. constantly. It's like he has no sense of himself to stay in his lane, so he's, like, it's, like, almost like this annoying kid brother kind of thing where it's, like, get out of here, man. Like, Yeah, and Kevin Durant he's, like, did that to him it. on his own podcast. Exactly. Where he was like, hey, you'd make a pretty good six man on a good team, right? He's like, six man, but I'm a starter. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure you are, dude. Self-awareness goes a long way, CJ. Yeah. yeah. But keep trying, Jennifer. <laughs> Jeez. I'm, I'm trying, trying, Jennifer. I'm trying, Jennifer is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's something like... Um, That's a great emo band. So I used to... I When I was a senior in high school, I spent a really a lot of time writing fake letters to the local newspaper. Of course you were they, Yeah, of course I did that. Because uh, there was a... There was a teen talk section where teens could like oh, weigh in. Oh, boy. And so I'd like write in with fake identities. And, and like... <laughs> No one really wrote in, oh, so my job I just wanted like more content and the best way to get people to reply was uh I had one 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 of my personas, my bird man per se. Yeah. Uh would just constantly use people's first names and replies. <laughs> and so it'd just be like, Matthew, you don't understand what you're talking about. I I th- I think you're the one who was racist, not the police in Pleasant Hill, Matthew. And there's something about using someone's first name yeah. that, like, both makes it quaint and infuriating yeah. at the same time. Like, it makes like you this feel like this was very sweet, yeah. but yeah, but like it's such it's such a like patting them on the head yeah. verbally kind exactly. of thing. There's like there's an inherent condescension because of the connotation of like being a kid and somebody like saying your name. Yo, like yeah, yeah. That's if anything, that's what was driving people nuts when Zuckerberg would say senator every time. Oh yeah. Was, <laughs> You know, where is it like I would think that was a like deliberate act. Like Oh, totally. Yeah. You know. I can't think of it a funnier name than Jennifer though. It's like so perfect for like 
Jennifer yeah, Aniston not, is like peak Jennifer. Yeah, like, but that's I just like mean, that's the truest archetype. But it's not it's not Jenny. It's but three the syllables. Of Jennifer yeah. and I'm trying is I'm just trying like, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying Jennifer is like. Uh, it's like you said. It's like a it's like uh, an emo song. Yeah, it's like it's a pop like, song. or something. <laughs> I was like. gonna say it. It sounds like a uh, like an early Connor Oberst song. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm tr- I'm trying Jennifer, yeah. and then there's like a 15 word sentence in parentheses. Yeah, like I'm trying Jennifer. Plane. The bell breaks when the whiskey <laughs> spills. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't need to tell me. I'm a huge Connor Oberst fan. I well, yeah, you have to I, be. It's Right. And I mean, for the age I was and the yeah. way I was and where I was. Yeah. yeah. He, he should write a song team. about CJ McCollum. That's just like, I'd never join you know a if super any, team. If anything, I need to get in touch with CJ and recommend some bright eyes to him because that'll help him find a path that'll like he'll be able to get his catharsis out because I know how he's feeling right now. Uh-huh. I'm, I'd made moves like CJ and. Fell flat on my face because I wasn't equipped for whatever sort of power move I went for. But and also, then, and here's the thing: he is trying. He's clearly trying to win yeah. those playoff games. So, uh, like, maybe he could kind of like heal himself and then find a route of like self acceptance via Bright Eyes the but same see, way that Connor I did. But Connor Oberst is the wrong person for CJ McCollum because Connor Oberst has joined multiple super teams. oh that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whoa, yeah what if he was into Connor Oberst and he was like with Jenny Lewis. Not me, man. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like, don't tell him that Connor was <laughs> in super groups later. Then get him hooked on Bright Eyes. They're like, hey, CJ, you know you have Bright Eyes? Like, yeah. He's like, check out Monsters of Folk. Desaparecidos. Like, what? No, no. It's like, yeah, CJ, you got to let go, dude. Just join a super. He's been team. in multiple bands with Tim Casher. Yeah. Come on, man. Do you think there's a point when like, uh, he he gets too in his head about this, and they're like, congratulations, CJ. You're going to be joining Team USA for the World Championships. And he's like, not me, man. <laughs> not me. No super teams. No uh, super the, teams, dude. The only dude. problem with that is CJ McCollum is not good enough to play on C- yeah, Team I was gonna, USA. I was going to say, what plane crash on the way to preliminaries? <laughs> he does, I think he'd be a good fit because he shoots threes. But yeah, like, like Clay Thompson doesn't want to play on the Olympics every year. Actually, he does want to play on the Olympics every year. Never mind. International travel and, <laughs> yeah. and just, pride. just shooting. Yeah. Like, um, all right. Uh Let's move on. Uh, the Clippers fired Bruce Bowen for trash oh, talking. Yes, thank oh, you. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I did not know we were going to talk about this. I got. Oh, I've been thinking about this for days. Please go on. And he trash talked him so long ago. It was too. a long time ago. Uh, now I'm conflicted about this because I'm always pro firing Bruce Bowen. <laughs> oh. Um, why? Get that dirty. bow tie out of here. He's dirty. He's bad. At, he's bad at that job. Oh, well, and yeah. And he wears a bow tie, and he's he's just real annoying. See, I'm not familiar with his color work, so. Um, but Clippers. What's going on you're there? You're not going to sign Kawhi. It, well, think about. All right, two things. First of all, he wasn't like, he was only shit-talking him. In the Kawhi universe, like yes. well, the way that like over the past year plus, the way the bar has been moved on shit talk, but just for Kawhi specifically, yeah. what constitutes shit talk or insults <laughs> or whatever is so minimal at this point. Yeah, now, that like the reason that he wanted to leave is because Tony Parker 
not even talking necessarily about Kawhi, but he's like, oh, my injury is worse. He's just saying that he felt worse about his injury, but Kawhi's like, oh, my injury is bad too. <laughs> like, so it gets like, and then Bruce Bowen said hardly anything that critical at all, or not, or something that's not obvious yeah. to the human eye. What like, did Bo- Bruce Bowen say exactly? Well, let me it let me. If he, he just responded today on Dan Patrick's show as well, so let me give you the. Uh, let me let me give you these original comments. Sorry, uh, he basically said like, I'm, you know, what? I'm gonna just find this real fast. He said. Okay, so this is what he said on Sirius XM Radio. He said, I think there's nothing but excuses going on. First it was, well, I was misdiagnosed. Look here, you got $18 million this year, and you think they're trying to rush you? You didn't play for the most part a full season this year, and you're the go-to guy, you're the franchise, and you want to say that they didn't have your best interest at heart. Are you kidding me? I think he's getting bad advice. I think what you're starting to see now is an individual given a certain amount of advice, and it's not the right advice. Here it is. You were protected in San Antonio. You were able to come up during a time when you could still lean on Tim, Tony, and Manu. I think that's the, not all that critical. I have to say, I, like I said, it was one sense. I think the "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that's yeah. all. Like that is the only thing that could really like make it construed as like shit talk or whatever. But you take that out of there. But I'm sure with like the 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 Kawhi standard mm-hmm. of criticism or whatever that's been developed. We, even with that out of there, it might have been too much. But I think like the are, are you kidding me made it sound like like he's stupid or like that he's being totally at, like uh, up his own ass about yeah. it. But either way, you're totally right about like the Clippers that he's not going to go there anyways. And even if he would go there inevitably, like what does it really say about your self esteem as an organization that you will just like you will get rid of a guy off of one sentence yeah. a year before this guy's contract even comes up in the first place. It's a real, like, like I said, the NBA is mostly like high school stuff. This is why it's so fun, but it really is like, it's like a guy a, dumping his girlfriend because he heard a girl he liked might be thinking about breaking up with her. boyfriend. Yeah, that was exactly what I was about to say. That, what, that is exactly what I was about to say. And I believe that's what Jonathan Safran Foer did. Uh, when he was developing that movie with Natalie Portman, he like left his wife and is yeah. like, "I'm leaving you for Natalie Portman." And Natalie Portman's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, wait. what? <laughs> no, I'm, I have a boyfriend. We haven't even wait, kissed. What you? What are you talking about? Just working on this. Mo- you wrote a book about being a vegan. I, I thought we, I thought we were friends. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's so pathetic. Like, and but if anything, I'm just happy that get to an era where the Clippers go back to being the Clippers. All right, I'm going to give you Bruce yeah. Bowen's comments I like, I like today. that being a bit of a joke, yeah. and this is like putting him on the route there. So Bowen, this Bowen said, Kawhi never said he wanted to play for the Clippers. He said he wanted to play for the Lakers, and unfortunately, you're going to run your organization based on hopes, maybe, and getting rid of others. <laughs> now, if I tore him down, or, or I was disrespectful to him, that's one thing, but that's not the case. As an analyst, I'm supposed to talk about what I see and what I feel for this game that I love. And if you can't do that, what does that say about your organization? I don't think I'm that powerful where I would be the reason someone wouldn't want to go to a team. I mean, what are you doing? 
Are you playing or are you listening? And if you're listening, then listen to the words that are said and receive the constructive criticism because that's my job. Now, if I'm just tearing a player down, that's one thing, but I don't think I'm big enough where someone would say, you know what? I'm not going there because Bruce Bowen is there. And <laughs> yes. He's on the mic. I mean, to which be is kind of why a, I love Bruce Bowen. It's a man. nice humble brag there, dude. too, of just like, I'm just Bruce Bowen, dude. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, and that's the point of all of this. And I mean, I've. I, I've had an affinity for Bruce Bowen for a long time because, much like him, I had no ability as a basketball player. <laughs> Yet, uh-huh. dude, well, were you amazing at hurting people on purpose? Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, keep going. It was like the uh, the only way that I could stay on the court is if I found extremely crafty ways to become a nuisance that other players would get technical fouls, and then I would like just like get rebounds and put up shots like 10 feet near the basket. And that was it. That was my entire game. So that fact that he like made it, that was the whole story around him. People are like, look at this guy. He doesn't even deserve to be here, but he just scrapped his way into it. I always had an affinity for that. But then hearing all this, that's the exact way I think about most of this stuff in the NBA. And he put it perfectly. Like, yeah. and it, and he, and he's totally right. He's like, I'm just Bruce Bowen, dude. Like if it's, if you're not like, if you're not even entrusting me to do the job that you assigned to me because of fear that you're not going to get the something like, do you even, here's my question. Do you even want that player anyways? Like why are some of these teams tripping and following over a guy who barely played last year? Who don't, they don't even know if he is still injured or not when he exerts so much control that team, like teams are literally firing their color commentators for that like is it really worth it at the end of the day also he knows Kawhi. it's not like this is some random dude taking exactly. shots like i'm sure he's met but tony him parker did too that's what, times. anything yeah i think maybe that's why the clippers freaked out because tony parker was on the same team with them they know each other and if even he couldn't get away with saying something vaguely critical yeah. that ended up wanting to force his way out now in defense of the clippers maybe they didn't fire him for his comments, but they fired him because they were worried he was going to slide his foot under Kawhi's jump oh, shot during a yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. You know? I can tell. <laughs> well, he'd been doing that to Ralph Lawler a lot. So uh, his parting shot is great. I think if you can't get free agents in Los Angeles, that has nothing to do with Bruce Bowen. That has more to do with the organization. Hell yeah, Bruce. Wow, Bruce Bowen. He's got it right, man. He, he And really... Bruce Bowen should not be a color commentator for a, like a specific team. Like he's a guy who should be doing I mean, like national be. stuff because this is a great example of what is wrong with like the local broadcast versus national is that the teams pick who calls the games for local yeah. television. So if the teams are picking that, then it's like, I mean, I don't mean to sound like some democratic socialist rant or something, but like, <laughs> no, please do. There needs to be like, there does need to be some sort of separation of who who makes that call because I think this is the first time that like this something like this happened in a major way that's really highlighting what's wrong with teams picking the announcers whether it's play by play or color because how are you supposed to it's it's like state TV like how are you supposed to be honest about what's happening on the screen yeah 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 if you're if you're living in fear that you're gonna get fired. For even being honest about what's happening. Well, like, that's that's why I believe the Golden State Warriors should be able to have a referendum to get Bob Fitzgerald fired. Yeah, like, just sure. get yeah, Bob just Fitzgerald the, the initiative process. Get him out of here. <laughs> um, all right, and finally, uh, 
let's talk about. I didn't even see this picture, this story, Sean, but this headline you have on here uh-huh. is maybe my favorite headline we've had oh, in okay. months. Uh, first round pick DeAndre Ayton drew a picture of himself dun- dunking on Joel Embiid. We'll we'll tweet the picture when this episode comes out. How good is it? What are we talking? Well, the yeah, first the first pull this up. yeah, pull Hold this up. up. The first description I got of it was like, man, uh, I guess DeAndre Ayton's really talented. Like he can. It's crazy that he can draw and play basketball. Grant Hill, great piano player, basketball uh, player. V- Victor Oladipo has a beautiful voice. Allen Iverson, for, incredible rapper. <laughs> yeah, it's for um. It's for a basketball card, I believe. He drew his own basketball card? <laughs> well, I think they have, is like, some... Is he Honus some... Wagner? Like, how old is this thing? They have, like, sketch cards. Anyway, this is the drawing. Oh, Lord. Is that one where you'd be like, this guy has this guy has an amazing talent? It's like a Basquiat. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Well, for the listeners at right, home, it's... it's either a Basquiat or... It's something that his 11-year-old nephew did yeah. for him to show him that he thought he was cool. It is pretty rough. It, looks it is a very funny picture, though, I think, because the depiction of Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid like is flat. Yeah, he's like, like a, a sleeping Muppet. He looks he's like looking flat. up like his, like his eyes rolled and like just like, oh, geez. Uh, he also gives himself one very short arm and really big calves. And well, he, huge feet. Look, the reason there's a reason the feet are so huge, though. Oh, of course. He wanted to draw those pumas. Yeah. Oh. This is all part of a uh, puma marketing weird marketing bullshit. Hey, man. <laughs> also, the the They're hoop is full back. of spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think or streamers. You know what? I said this was like a Basquiat. It's less like a Basquiat and more like a Daniel Johnston. Yeah. 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 It is yeah. like outsider art. Yeah. It yeah. is definitely <laughs> outsider art. It is. Yeah, Daniel Johnson is that's that's definitely spot on. Cuz his head is very small. He's like, yeah, it's he's almost like like Grandma Moses but yeah. young. Uh, it's very much like a like one of the Captain America drawings <laughs> Daniel Johnson does. Yeah. Except, Especially with just the black ex- and the white yeah. so minimalist. Except Captain America would be dunking on Satan, yeah, of, course. of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just came from Austin. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. You're totally right about that Pumas thing, though. Like, I, I wouldn't even have thought of that. But that's the that's the only thing that he did well in that drawing. Yeah, was he, the was the Puma was the logo. Puma logo. Yeah, it's very funny that Joel Embiid's response was, "I love when kids dream big." All caps <laughs> for a guy who's he's nineteen, three or four years younger than him. He's he nineteen. He's 19, right? Yeah. Aiden, I yeah. mean, like, that's the other thing with some of this stuff. You forget how young they are. But also, That, like, when he does this dumb drawing, it's like, oh, man, he's, like, still just kind of a kid. Like, But yeah. also, these guys should learn not to go at Joel Embiid oh, sure. when it comes to stuff like this. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, go, at him, go at him on basketball, sure. But when it comes yeah. to, like trolling yeah, or he's, jokes, he's yeah. Joel Embiid's going to win. Yeah. Well, yeah, but this is – I like this because it's indirect. It's not like he tweeted it and added him or anything. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was something in the world. So this is like – but, dude, I want Joel Embiid to have feuds with all the other centers in the league. Yeah, I mean, different. I, I, prefer, I prefer a fair amount of feuding in my NBA. That's why, I mean, I'm into Draymond more than most people for not being, you know, Bay Area diehards yeah. like yourselves. 
because he does back it up a little bit too which i like but i mean you know i love charles oakley like any red-blooded american so like uh any like the more feuding the better and especially with bigs i really enjoy yeah, a you know, big like the way that's way better than a guard. Oh, yeah. Feud. People love heavyweight fights more than yeah. welterweights, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. It, yeah, because, like, that's why CJ McCollum can't really have a feud with anybody. Yeah. Because it's like. Well, there's one person he can have a feud with that he's avoiding having a feud with Damian Lillard. And that is Damian Lillard. Yeah. Oh, that is the only feud that people would be interested in but you gotta <laughs> well if anything this might give you hope to think that cj might figure it out big picture because he hasn't pulled some like ego stuff with damian lillard yet because he knows where his, where his bread's buttered yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like that he like he's definitely the the su- submissive one to damian lillard for a reason <laughs> huh he's the bottom you know um <laughs> All right, and we had one more question for you. Please. Oh, yeah. uh, your Instagram ha- handle is at, Corndog O'Brien. At Corndog O'Brien, yes. Yeah. Which NBA player would you – past or present yeah, or future, if you want, yeah. I guess, uh, would you most like to eat a corndog with? Ooh. Hmm. That's a great question. Man. Oh, I don't know. I would think dead or alive, huh? Yeah, whoever. They can be killed by the corndog during the meal, too. I would. I think I might. I might say, this might not even be my favorite player, but I would say Anthony Mason, because he one. seems like he would probably have the craziest stories, right? Yes. Like he is deceased, however. Yeah. But well, you said fine. dead. Yeah, or yeah alive, I did right? say dead or alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dead. I think I probably would go with Anthony Mason because it seems nuts. Alive, I would probably say Charles Oakley. Similar reason, but Oak is like. Are you gonna be fighting people when you? No, I want corn dogs. No, this is the thing. Like, if I'm hanging out with them, means we're eating a corn dog. It's a very social, loose situation. Then I really enjoy uh, spending time around like gruff older men mm-hmm. too yeah. that aren't like bastards anymore, but kind of used to be or whatever. That is like some of my favorite hangs. Like old uncles who mm-hmm. were like used to be surly, and now they're just like hangout guys. Oak. So like the, both of those like. You're similar in that way. Oak I, has like a lot of time for fans too, in the limited and amount. Oak I've likes observed to knock him back, you know. He likes yeah, to yeah. have a yeah. couple, uh, you know. So I think Oak would be the best alive one. And then Anthony Mason dead, just because it's like the way that his life was. It seemed nuts, man. Yeah, like, I don't know. My choice is Robin Lopez because what? I think we're at Disneyland, then oh. his favorite place on earth. Cause that's uh-huh. you know he's taking me to the corn dog. You so know you I mean? uh, so you want more of like a wholesome good time yeah. hang. With I want to spend all day with Robin Lopez at Disneyland. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I w- yeah like that's the other thing too is there's uh as much as I love the NBA there's like so few players I actually would like want to be friends with. You know what I mean? Well, we have talked about this before with our friend John Wilms, uh, and we've all decided that we think. Like the Lopez twins are one of the few NBA players that would actually be interested in hanging out with sure. us. That's, that's kind of okay. Now I'm starting to see the appeal of this Robin Lopez. Uh, yeah, I think I think pro- yeah, like like of guys that would tolerate it and not like be made time. The NBA player who's been the nicest to me yeah. personally has been Steven Jackson. Yeah, but I, uh, like he, he like, like remembers everyone he yeah. meets. Yeah, like. 
But even still, like, I don't know if I want to be friends with Steven no, Jackson. Well, also, I don't want to, like, die Steven in a strip Jackson, club. He know? doesn't want to hang out with me. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I like, like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's true. It's like, I want hard. somebody who's not going to be like, get this over. I remember um, when I used to work at a nonprofit, uh, one of the lawyers there at some, like, school fundraiser bid for a lunch with Harrison Barnes just because she was like, I actually have teenage sons and this will be so much less awkward for him sure. than one of these dads yeah. being like Harrison <laughs> we're getting lunch and like no yeah. no he can just so what's it like when but you're... here's yeah. the thing yeah, like this 21 year old could just go to lunch with a 17 year old yeah. and it's way less so here's, here's the thing though I actually think Harrison Barnes is another one of the guys that like yeah, well, he, he he goes to comedy com- yeah, clubs like, more than you do. Yeah, he like he listens to like the Bill Burr podcast. And sure, stuff. I and, would like, want to be friends watches with Game Game of Thrones. Like, I can talk to Harrison Barnes for sure. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Well, and he's from Iowa. Him and uh, Dougie, Dougie McBuckets yeah. grew up together and stuff. So yeah, him and I might have more in common than I would consider initially. Doug Basically, what I'm saying is like, Harrison Barnes is a fucking dork. And but like, like even I the one I know how to talk to a fucking dork for sure. <laughs> but even it's like with some of these guys that are kind of obvious dorks, the NBA or some of them that I could like get along with it. Some they're either like too square or too dorky. I don't know if I really want to like <laughs> Dougie McBuckets. I probably would have a lot in common with, but I don't want to know him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you also might just like. He seems Me, like kind of like what is it like? He's not. We're not gonna be talking about like punk rock or pro wrestling. I don't know what he's into. Like, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't like, Doug McDermott also feel like a guy that you might just meet? Like, you don't have to use your corn dog wish. Yeah, on, exa- on exactly, Doug McDermott. Yeah, exactly, like, like dude. it just might happen dude, naturally. I met Kyle Corver already because yeah. I went to Creighton basketball camp every year when I was a kid. Yeah, they like you just can kind of come into proximity to these people, especially with Creighton connections. Because my family went there, and my aunt was the roommate, or her roommate was head coach of the women's basketball team for years there and stuff. So it's like. I'm not blowing the corn dog on McBuckets, man. Yeah. The only, like I would want to be friends with like Blake Griffin if he wasn't doing stand up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like he that, like, like but, before that. Well, and before he punched his friend in the face, those two things I'm really okay made with me the not, punch in the friend in the face. I don't like that. But what if you're that friend? Bully. I bet that guy's a jerk. But think about it, like. The friend that he punched in the face is the kind of friend that I probably would be to Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I after the punch in the face and him like eating up uh, stand up spots and getting profiles written about it like yeah. he's on some noble pursuit. I'm like, I'm out on Blake Griffin, dude. Yeah, dude. Just for laughs is a competitive festival. Uh, no, that's where he started. That's yeah. that's like his open mic. Yeah. Oh my God. I think Metal World Peace is also a good corn dog. He's like, I think he's too, too crazy, in- too intense. I mean, I'm an intense person, but he's like Queensbridge intense. Yeah. So I don't even know what, like, if anything, I think like Metal World Peace, it might seem nuts. It might be a funny story, but going through it, you'd like, I got trapped on a Greyhound for 17 hours with a crackhead one time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the, I think it'd be more like that experience well, of like, he's like talking about off. a lot of stuff and I can't really make a ton of sense of it. But I'm like, Oh, okay. Whoa. All right, man. Like a corn dog's a short meal though. You're not even like, you know, you can eat a corn dog. People eat a corn dog pretty fast. Yeah, I guess. Well then I, <laughs> am I even going to get a chance to know Oakley? Well, yeah, maybe if we order beers while we get the corn dog, yeah. Yeah. I get like one or two into them before the corn dog. And corn dog kind of salty, so that'll make you want to drink more. Yeah. yeah. 
Maybe we get a second corn dog, Oak. Man, I'm kind of, I'm still hungry, Oak. What about you? Yeah. You want corn dog? I'll get them. Don't worry about it. Do you want to get some fries? Uh, maybe dude, my one of my favorite bars in New York is Rudy's in Hell's Kitchen, and it's because pitchers are eight dollars, and you get free hot dogs, Nathan's hot dogs, and that's like the kind of hang I would want to have with Oak, like splitting a pitcher, a couple of hot dogs. Um, other other people I thought of, I think Ricky Rubio would be fun to have a corn dog with because he'd be nah. so positive. He'd be uh-huh. like, "Oh, your hair looks so good today." Yeah, he'd be like, "They have honey mustard." <laughs> <You know. laughs> I've never had food on a stick. Oh boy, <laughs> this is like tapas, but wrapped <laughs> up. Uh, yeah, I mean, list, my, right? my choice for all of those things is always Dirk, but like, yeah, but that I feel like that just goes. I would have thought saying. Dirk, but do, I, re- I, I don't even know if I saw it when it first aired. But there's this old Grantland thing about like Dirk and Steve Nash, and they're like having a having dinner out or something like that, and they're just talking about their careers and what could happen. And it made me not want to hang out with Dirk at all. It was so boring. <laughs> like. And same thing with Steve Nash. They Steve put, Nash is the boring one. Yeah. Though. Uh, Steve Nash. If anything, is the well, he brought Dirk equation. down because yeah. it was not. No, that's what I mean. I think Steve Nash is fucking boring. Yeah, he flew once Nash was gone, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, the other person I thought of, Boris Diaw. Oh yeah. Boris, yeah, I think you could really have a, a lot of fun with Boris Diaw. Also, he's Plus, probably he might like eat like five or six of them. Yeah. I bet he, like, even – I could imagine him having, like, a condiment caddy that he carries around. He's like, well, I have an espresso machine well, in the car. Well, now if it's about the corn dog, and, Yeah, if it's about the corn dog experience, I just had a completely uh, new thought. A, a Donald Foyle. Oh, he'd be reading he, way too much poetry he'd be, Well, think about it, though. He's a, he's a bigger dude, so he's uh-huh. probably going to be slamming a lot of dogs. Uh-huh. He might be one of the most cultured NBA players of all time. So you think about like stimulating conversation. Somebody's gonna want to hang for a while. Uh-huh. He wrote know. a book on how to invest your money. I'd I could afraid, use that. I'd I need that advice. Was, I'd be afraid he was. Ta- he would just talk to me about that the whole time. I'm, I'm okay with that because it's, it's better than Dikembe. He's gonna be trying to get me to invest in some pyramid scheme on blood diamonds or something. You know. <laughs> um. All right. That's it. Right. That seems good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought you guys had like a final horn or something like time. Uh, no, no. Uh, I mean, I have a, a horn sound effect I can sure. put in. Uh, Kevin, what do you want to plug? Uh, I'm currently on the road. I'll be uh, performing at High Plains Comedy Festival next weekend. So fun! If you're in Colorado, so come check. Go that see out. all of my friends at that festival. Yes, yeah, all, of, but not all Joey. Joey will not be there. No. August 23rd through the 25th. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Corn Dog O'Brien for all other dates. I'll be in Nebraska, my home state, uh, first week in September, doing shows in Omaha, Lincoln, and Kearney. Omaha yeah. is. Like very underrated. such a good place to do comedy, awesome, awesome and it's like a great city. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's probably the best smaller city in the entire. When Midwest. is Saddle Creek gonna release stand up? Uh, well, friends. <gasps> uh, no, I don't have. Any <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, I will be at Olivers in Omaha on Wednesday, September fifth. The show's at eight thirty, and that bar is an institution. And you'll probably see many musicians who have been on Saddle Creek there because some of them own the place. Mm-hmm. So that'll be my connection to them. And then, yes, I'll be giving the hard sell to release uh, an EP to them next year. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I doubt they'll take. Do I doubt they'll take it, but I'm putting. It you out should there. do a split. Well, here's the rub. I would have to find another comedian from Nebraska to put the split out with, as opposed to like doing it with a band. Uh, Jeff Wattenhofer. Jeff Wattenhofer. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'll talk to Jeff. 
him and I could get up on that Saddle Creek. So, yeah, because my favorite, some of my favorite, favorite Saddle Creek stuff was splits. So yeah, that'd be very cool. That Bright Eyes Neva Denova split. Oh baby, that's the stuff. A good one. This I mean, this has been a very narrow podcast. <laughs> I, I've just now realized, like. For some reason, I came. Well, my folksiness really came through. It's been about yeah. corn dogs, Nebraska, <laughs> Creighton, Creighton bas- basketball. Oh my God! So are the lame. are the Nuggets like the team of Nebraska? Or Not really. Just- so there's like the split in the state too, like between the East and the West, uh-huh. um, especially with football, like between Broncos and Chiefs. It's almost like directly, like you can look at a data map of like Facebook posts of people and stuff, and it's almost like a direct split down the state. And it's a little bit similar like that with basketball, but people aren't like huge professional basketball fans in Nebraska either. So like people, if they are into the NBA, they're just into it in like a Broadway, kind of like I was as a kid. Um, And then some people might be in the Nuggets. And then on the eastern part of the state, it's like a lot of it becomes Bulls country pretty quick. What's three like Iowa? Oh, right. Because it's Iowa. It's all Bulls fans. Totally. What's the what's the big like? Is there a big Nebraska city on the west side of the state? No. It's the, all... I grew up in probably the biggest one, and it's twenty five thousand people. Okay. okay, yeah, it was, it was real small town. It was like we were halfway between uh, Omaha and Denver, so like literally the middle of nowhere. Okay, okay. yeah. So yeah, I've been to Omaha twice. Yeah, Omaha is great. So it's if nice. anybody's in Omaha, come check me out. We can yeah. talk Creighton hoops all night long. Oh damn, I should have wore. I have a vintage Creighton. Uh, basketball jersey on me. I should have wore that over here. I could have shown you guys. How know. long does it take to get to those casinos? Uh, it's just right across the river, friend. Hell Hardly yeah. Hardly any ever traffic, so <laughs> maybe five minutes if you're really hustling. Uh, Sean, what do you want to plug? Um, yeah, I'll be in San Francisco the second weekend. In September, you can see me at the Up, in the, Up on the Roof show on the 8th. Uh, I'll be doing the Punchline Showcase on the 9th. Uh, from Shinola at the right spot on the 10th and at the beautiful Throckmorton Theater in Marin on September 11th. Never forget to come out and check out that Dates show. on dates on dates. Uh, and then as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where one day ago I tweeted, I'm seven hours into a 10-day cleanse and I'm already miserably starving. So that... That Twitter account should be pretty terrible for the next 10 he, days. He mainly eats cereal, too. He he's toasted, Friends. I think, that he doesn't like food. He has said that he doesn't like food. He also cannot uh, figure out when iced tea goes bad, if you remember. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, he ate poison. <laughs> he drank poison iced tea that one time. All right. Um, oh, him and CJ McColl need to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> they should get a corn dog together. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, these guys need a friend, both of them. Uh, yeah. Trust the process. Trust and, the process. Uh, shut it down. <laughs> Let's go listen to Bright Eyes. The calendar hung itself. <laughs> We were friends, we were friends, talked for hours without end About his latest story, how to deal with fame and glory All the girls who adored him, catered to his every whim Nothing he could lose, all he needed to do was choose I should have known, I should have known, I should have thrown myself across his track. Daddy, daddy's always happy, daddy, daddy's always happy, daddy, daddy's always happy, daddy, daddy's always happy. Tax, I should have known, we believed and didn't see through.
through the lies he told us all. Daddy, daddy's always happy. Daddy, daddy's always happy. Daddy, daddy's always happy. Daddy, daddy's always happy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.